One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broader, but joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? I'm yeah. good. I've got that wonderful kind of time uh, pre-getting away for a little bit of a holiday break uh, where Ooh. the work schedule schedule gets so incredibly clammy and worrying (laughs) and all of the administrative things you need to do for the holidays getting pushed closer and closer to the holiday meaning that i've not even looked at whether i need anti-malarials for where i'm going i've not even looked if i need any (laughs) hepatitis shots and stuff but i think i'll be okay uh it's it's, a lot of the jabs do last for a long time but yeah i'm fine i'm good i'm just busy just busy boy doing all the podcasts getting them all sorted for uh for 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 me uh, toddling off for a week and a half lovely Good man, good man. Yeah, man yeah. You'll be on a plane flying over the Atlantic and you'll be like, oh no, I forgot to do that one thing <laughs> that I needed to do. I, t- I, must, uh, I must recommend, there's a, there's a product called um, Parsec, which is, have you ever used TeamViewer before, where you can kind of just crawl through the internet and, and uh, tunnel through the internet and control your PC or Mac or whatever from home, uh, from, 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 from away? So you can sort of like use your computer. Like a nightmare. What do you mean? No it sounds escape. like a nightmare. Well, you can't escape from work. Yeah, well, well let, let me tell you, Chris, as uh, the UK's most premier podcaster, you can never escape from work because I'm taking a microphone <laughs> with me. I'm always got. I'm always working me. Um, but yeah, I've got. Uh, I've got to. Um, I've got to do. Uh, I've, I've got this thing where it's called Parsec, and it's a really high bandwidth. Uh, mm. Very responsive. It's kind of designed for like productivity, but also video games to a lesser extent. Um, I've got a really sort of like decent little kind of connection going on with this Parsec thing. I'm very impressed with how quick you can do kind of streaming video, streaming uh, whatever your computer is doing from home. I find it. I, I think it's amazing what they can do these days, even with like dodgy internet here and there. Move over, Rupert Murdoch. There's a new mogul in town this running his podcast <laughs> billion dollar empire for a tiny island in the Caribbean. It's Pete yeah. Donaldson. It's like it's like TeamViewer, but it's like TeamViewer, but quicker. But so I've been very impressed. That's what I've been using over the past few weeks. If I forget a file at home, I'm like, oh god, 
I need a file. Or I need to do something that's all on a, a, a Sony Vegas PC-based app. I'm, oh, I'll have to go home. But then I don't. I just go go on Parsec. So, look, two thumbs up from me. It's a free product. I'm not being paid for this. Um, but if Definitely you want to sponsor are. the show, well, I'll happily... You told me about this. There's a, there's a briefcase full of money at your bloody house right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in a room. <laughs> Go for a bit. I, uh, well, while you've been planning your billion-dollar escape to a Caribbean island, I sprained my bloody back on a wacky oh, weekend with Connor. Chris. It really hurts. Ow. I don't know what I did. I think we hiked up like a mountain. That's right. right. Exercise okay. happened. I won't tell you where. It's a big surprise. It's a secret that you'll find out in about two or three weeks. But I, mm. we hiked up the mountain, and I had a big suit, a, a, a rucksack, and I, I pulled it very quickly, yeah. and I think it just ripped a muscle on my right mm. side of my back, and I just cannot do anything. I'm in so much pain, and it's not fun. Oh well, Chris, there is some good news. Good on you. There's some good news. <laughs> I uh, the Ken Watanabe documentary is finally out. Yay! I spent a week. Japan's biggest movie star, yeah. And Pete definitely watched it, didn't you, Pete? I did watch it. I, I, I skimmed through it uh, late last night because, uh, again, I'm just very busy. And uh, yeah, it was really good. He was uh, he was quite. I think it. I wouldn't necessarily enjoy the interview. If I was interviewing him, I don't, I don't think I'd enjoy him as an interviewer. In, interview, yeah, interviewer. Because um, he seems quite. He's just quite guarded about stuff, you know what I mean? Like he seems quite. Mm. Uh, it's it's a great watch, really really fun. But um, but I, and I very much what enjoyed the parts slating where... my premiere documentary, a documentary oh, you spent did. years bigging up. For now no, I just see, me I just think you, you did. Very, like I think you cope very well with a with an interviewee who who is obviously speaking half in Japanese, half in English, and he kind of swaps mm. over here and there. I thought it was a really really good bit of work, and and I'm glad you finally got it out because I know this has been weighing <laughs> heavily on your shoulders. Probably why it's oh, fucked. God, yeah. It's probably why you've ruined. Your back has been weighing so heavily. This you finally got this monkey off your back. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great stuff, and I very much enjoyed the parts where um, I enjoyed I enjoyed him like training. Uh, sort of, you don't call it training, do you? Um, practicing for his little uh, musical performance, and then he's out on stage and he's singing <laughs> along. And it's just really funny doing like Blues Brothers standards and stuff. Fantastic. It was good actually that uh, on the th- yes yeah, so that was like the the second time third time at Kenny had this event mm. in Kesanuma and like I filmed like an hour of it yeah but it's one of those things where you know I'm a ruthless editor I if it's not like very funny or interesting it goes out mm. and that like one two hours worth of footage at the event I just butchered it down to like forty seconds of <laughs> it was a good event it was fun blah 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 and that was it because to be honest as a viewer it wasn't overly engaging right and. Uh, <laughs> Even he afterwards in the little interview at the end, he was like, yeah, the, the event didn't go very well. Because I was like, it was oh. a great event, Ken. He was like, no, no, it wasn't. But, oh. uh, I know what you mean about the guarded thing. I think it's that sort of movie star, rock star thing. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a Japanese thing as well. Like, mm. I don't know if you recall when I interviewed Hyde, that rock star. Yeah. It, you know, we, we were able to get flashes of sort of, I was going to say flashes of humanity. Flashes <laughs> of the, the real him out but like when you are such a big sort of superstar whether it's a mm. rock star or a film star you have to leave certain parts of your personality guarded right to sort of protect mm. that image and uh, it was the same with Ken I think some people were disappointed as well that I didn't have like a fun interview where I was like by the way Ken what's your favourite sandwich what's your favourite <laughs> colour Ken did you like Tom Cruise was he nice yeah. like I, I didn't I, I didn't really get that. And I kind of wanted it, but like I didn't want to push my luck. I just wanted no. the documentary out and done. Mm. And at its core, it was kind of a serious topic about how he got involved with a, you know, rebuilding a town. And mm. uh, so, but we might get to see him again. We might get to 
see him again if the video goes well we yeah. we, we think that could happen so yeah fingers Smash crossed it. but glad it's done above all I'm just glad it's out and if you haven't seen it guys do, do go and check it out so it's what's a good your, one um, uh, what's your next silly project you're going to be working on after this orpus oh <laughs> Oh, I spent dessert. a week with Pete Donaldson. <laughs> spent a week with Pete Donaldson. Uh, I don't know what that would entail. I'm you breaking something podcast, in your shed. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, Chris, yeah. I'll have you know. I'll have you know. This morning, uh, so we did a, a football ramble show, and in the meeting, mm. uh, for some reason, I was shouting the words "big bangers." Um, like you know, like sausages in in, in the UK, like big. I was talking about sausages, and I was like, big bangers. And I was like, I wonder if bigbangers.co.uk exists, you know, as a URL. Oh, no. And it didn't. And so, and so I registered really quickly. Again, I'm recommending GoDaddy as a as a service. Great stuff. Uh, bigbangers.co.uk. I, I just registered. I just registered bigbangers.co.uk and redirected it to um, uh, the host of the football rival, Marcus Speller's Twitter account. So if you can. <laughs> Trolling your friends with just dodgy URLs. Just, you know, 20 quid, down the line, lovely old job, <laughs> just done, just done. <laughs> Something to do during a meeting. I'm impressed you had the confidence to look that up in front of a team. <laughs> I know, right? Com. Yeah. There was no way that was going to end well. I'm surprised it wasn't worse. taken. Yeah, and, and over the weekend as well, I uh, went on Facebook Marketplace, my favourite place to be, uh, and I bought myself... <laughs> An electric drum kit. <laughs> Fuck, what is wrong? What is I going know. on with you at the moment? Uh, it just sounds What's... like you're having a, a rough old time. You know, you're, you're stuck in certain places. You can't escape. You'd find it difficult to sort of get this, you know, get documentaries out and stuff because it's hard work. And I'm just buying <laughs> drum kits on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I think you're having a midlife crisis. This is also. Oh man! I need to look I, like, up big bangers. I need the domain. I need to get an electric think, drum kit. You know, you think this that, I mean, thing. that's a, that's the thing though. If you've already got your, if you if your life is one big midlife crisis that started at about 25, just showing off and being stupid. Like it, when you're in <laughs> the the job that I'm in and have been for a long time, everything's a midlife crisis. No one notices when you're actually having a midlife crisis. I'm gonna buy a Ferrari. Oh. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to have mine mm. sometime in the not-so-distant future. Let's dive into the story, though, before we get complaints that it's just mm. Pete Donaldson selling a variety of weird yeah. and wacky websites to us. I feel like I'm like tuning into a shopping channel at the moment. We've got a story <laughs> this week from Ever from Ireland. He says, Dear Crawley Chris, Crawley Chris and Pincer Pete, Ooh, I want to share with you and the other listeners of this fine podcast a story about creatures that I think are more prevalent threat in the Japanese countryside than the humble black bear. I'm talking, of course, about the insects of Japan. Now, I'm not normally afraid of bugs, but I had an absurd run-in with one while visiting Japan in 2017. After flying into Osaka and wandering around for a few days, my boyfriend and I decided to take a trip to Koyasan in Wakayama, a beautiful, serene town in the mountainside forest, home to the centre of Shingon Buddhism. Beautiful place. I've always wanted to go. After visiting uh, Okunoin and uh, Okunoin and the massive cemetery amongst the trees, which was very striking. Oh, yeah, that's right. The biggest cemetery in Japan's there. Uh, we decided to venture up a hill to a nearby small Shinto shrine. As we ascended, we spotted some alarming signs saying, "Beware of wild boars. Beware of snakes. Beware of bears." And suddenly, out of nowhere, something hit me directly in the eye, and I let out a shriek of pain. My boyfriend whirled around, terrified that I'd spotted one of the aforementioned beasts. Instead, the dumbest 
biggest fucking beetle in the world had bungled straight into my open eye oh. and bounced right off it, flying away while I cursed into the skies. My boyfriend had to shush me, so not to attract any real boars or snakes, and to attempt to comfort me. For about an hour afterwards, I couldn't see very well out of my eye. <laughs> I couldn't take in the wondrous beauty around me because my eye stung like hell. Luckily, it got better, and I was able to take in the breathtaking scenery we encountered on the rest of our trip while dodging as many bugs as possible. Have you guys had any bad bug experiences on your Japanese travels? Thanks, guys. All the best ever from Ireland. Whoa. Of all the things, the the, the bug, a black, what was Just it? A black get, beetle. Get in your eye. Get in your eye. Yeah, I, I guess to, what, what, to a beetle, does it just look like a friendly uh, beetle, the people's eyeballs? I don't know what they, beetles think that eyeballs are. They're quite clumsy insects, aren't they? I mm. think... Uh, there's a there's a terrifying sort of week or two. I think it's usually it's in middle the middle of August or early August when all the cicadas come out, right? You know mm. the cicadas, the yeah. iconic sounding insect that you hear throughout Japan, often in anime and whatnot. But there is a, a sort of two week period where they just all seem to be mental. They go mm. crazy. I don't know if it's new cicadas being born or blossoming. I don't know, but they you, you'll walk around the streets and there's just everywhere they're dead. There's loads of dead cicadas. There's lots of crazy ones flying around. I remember walking down the street with my friend and just being like assaulted by these like dying cicadas flailing about. It was really unpleasant. And they've got these like really weird metallic-like shells on them. It can mm. be quite painful. But uh, yeah, and also I have had a few run-ins with the, the dreaded hornets. I was in a car driving back from school one day and one flew in straight in my window, in the car window, <laughs> smacked into my forehead and bounced straight back out again, which was uh, pretty, pretty fucking terrifying, to be fair. Because <laughs> one sting from that... And there's a good chance you might need to go to the hospital. Mm. Um, and another time, in a video I did where I had the most expensive Wagyu in uh, in Japan with Rotoro, I went to a tea field to look at some tea in the height of August. Right. And I felt something big on my head. I thought it was just a fly. So I slapped it away. And Ryotaro was like, Jesus Christ, you nearly died. It was the biggest hornet I've ever seen. So I like <laughs> took on a hornet without knowing. Had I known what it was, I would have cried. I probably would have run around for a bit. Uh, but my ignorance saved me and uh, yeah but snakes I've only seen a snake once or twice what about you though Pete what have you run into on your travels around I've, Japan I've not had like a huge wise. amount of like lizardy sort of things but like I think with insects I've um, you find them in slightly, un, slightly less clean apartments I've stayed in uh, on the old Airbnb uh, metaverse mm. uh, I've sort of stayed in a few where um you sort of looked in in the if you looked in the back of like a a, a, a video recorder or a DVD player or something. There's always there's always the fear that there's going to be because whenever you sort of like I watch a lot of people taking apart video game systems and all computers and stuff. There's always like loads of little insects mm. that have crawled inside the warm, slightly foggy kind of uh, you know power supplies <laughs> and stuff. And that I imagine that's a real big risk for stuff. They sort of block power supplies quite easily in in electronics. And um, mm. yeah, and, and you always on the periphery of vision. There's always something scuttling. <laughs> scuttling around but I would say Japan's not that bad I, uh, I'm trying to think uh, a rat ran out of a Campari bar once it was the biggest <laughs> rat I'd ever seen in my life uh, and it was, it was oh yeah they're disgusting. quite common in Shibuya uh, I'd like I was standing waiting for a friend once and I thought a cat ran out over my foot because I saw like a tail <laughs> at the corner of my eye. I looked down biggest rat I've ever seen you could like beat someone to death with. it was so big like <laughs> It was terrifying. It's so creepy, and uh, yeah. and cockroaches as well come out in abundance in like August. Luck, I mean, for most of the year though, you can avoid a lot of insects. Yeah, um, but summer's pretty bad. One piece of advice I'll say 
is I try and avoid uh, going in hot uh, hot spring baths outside in summer because they tend to be just a cesspit for insects and despair. And it's, <laughs> you just can't enjoy it because you're outside, right. there's flies in your face. It's really unpleasant. So hot springs in summer, I genuinely generally try and avoid them. Flies in your face, you big disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. All right, what have we got for news this week, Mr. Dawson? You are the news man. Hit, me, hit us with some news. Oh, Chris. Um, me. Are you a fan of crossbows? <laughs> I can't say. I'd love to shoot one. They look quite yeah. fun. I'd like, they are a sexy Deadly. kind of like... Yeah, there's a Daryl from The Walking Dead. He was a crossbowman, wasn't he? And I think um, mm. I, it was my. There was a Robin Hood video game in the uh, 90s that was on the Amiga, and it was like isometric, and uh, the best weapon on that was a crossbow. Very efficient. I, I love crossbow games because they're just they're like guns but they're just a bit more mechanical Stealth. a bit more visceral like a bit more silence pistol yeah and yeah. um and is there isn't there like a law that you know they say never got repealed where you could shoot a welshman with a crossbow on a sunday in certain parts what? of london and stuff i'm fairly certain that was an apocryphal tale that one of those laws that they say it never technically was repealed uh but well i'm but gonna definitely test that one out when uh when connor when who Connor's is of course around, welsh yeah. Comes to London, <laughs> test that theory out. That exactly. Brilliant law. Um, and so, uh, yeah, apparently uh, Japan has banned crossbows. The, the, the Japan's firearm and sword control law was announced last June, and they're changing it up on, the, on March the 15th. Um, if you've got a crossbow hmm. in Japan, you have to turn in your crossbow unless you apply for and are granted a license to continue owning a crossbow. Now, I just assume that you're not allowed crossbows. I, I, I think you're allowed bow and arrows. I just think crossbows are too efficient. Do you know what I mean? Too easy mm. to kill someone, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but yeah, uh, on March 15th, uh, they'll have handed out this uh, this change to the law. And if you are in possession of a big, clunky, twangy crossbow, you've got to just sort of hand it in. <laughs> but it's designed for people... It's basically designed uh, for people to not stockpile um, uh, crossbows because obviously if you've got a lot of crossbows, you have to fill in a lot of forms. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And if you and if you find yourself in possession of a crossbow after this time, and you don't have a license for the crossbow, um, what reason you could give to own a crossbow, I just do not know. Maybe bears, I don't know. Um, but uh, you've got to pay four thousand three hundred fifty pounds uh, dollars rather in fines and, and up to three years in prison. You could possibly have. Um, why, so, was yeah, the ban, why was the ban prompted? Why why did this even come about? I think probably the I think probably the uh, the, the the lawyers, uh, you know, the, the the government probably thought. Let's shut this down, shall we? Nobody needs to have a crossbow. We don't really need this. I think maybe I, you you do sort of see it more than more, and I, and I I've seen it more and more. Uh, you know, going to Japan, you know, ten years ago, and and and, and you know, two years ago, um, in like the. Uh, not Tokyo hands. What do you call it? The, the second-hand shop, the hard offs and stuff, book offs and stuff. Hard off. You yeah. do, yeah. You do sort of see. You did sort of see like a prevalence of a lot, a lot more kind of airsoft guns, sort of. You know, like kind of They're like very popular, yeah, very very popular. But they seem to have got more popular over the years. So it's kind of like. 
you're not allowed a real gun, you know, you're not, but, but you're allowed a fake gun. You're not allowed a real gun, but you're allowed a crossbow. So maybe there's a real issue with uh, people waving around crossbows and, and threatening. There is exceptions for weak crossbows that only fire arrows with a force of under six joules. I don't really know what that is. The, six joules. The, the, the National Police Agency has set up a special um, crossbow power page on its website, and it shows you how to measure <laughs> how powerful your crossbow is. I think oh that... Oh, my God. I th- I, you, know when, um, you know when, like, uh, police and government officials are sort of concentrating on the wrong things i don't think it's that much of an issue <laughs> there must have been else, a guys. catalyst for this i'm not looking into it it mm. says the, the, the ban was prompted by an increase in crossbow related violence that is a right. bit disturbing i can't remember off the top of my head if there's been any i can't remember either, yeah. incidents like mm. all the crimes we've covered over the last couple of years mm. i don't think we've ever had a crossbow incident it's usually involving a knife god forbid uh, yeah but like I, that's it's it's quite bizarre. I don't think I've even I've seen a few crossbows. My students, when I was a teacher and whatnot, they used to have like a a club, I think, and a few of them had crossbows. But okay, cool. uh, I, I do feel like this is something that's uh, probably I don't know why it's so high on the list of priorities right now. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a little uh, bit uh, odd. Look, look, there was four people killed in Hyogo Prefecture in June of 2020. So. Perhaps it's just a, okay, you know, it's, it. it's, it's a popular that'll do, won't it? Yeah, it's a popular thing. But there's only that'll do it. there's been seventy thirty seven reported crimes that took place between two thousand and ten and two thousand and twenty uh in, 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 in Japan. But you know you know what I say they're they're quite risk averse and if you can fair. stop someone waving around a crossbar, I think it's fair enough. But 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 also I do think that there's bigger problems in Japan, <laughs> to be quite frank. I mean it all comes down to like whenever there's like uh, one event that's quite well publicised, yeah. the Japanese government really cracks down fast. So maybe that the the four deaths in Kyogo Prefecture, mm. caught, like around well, the city, at, look at how that would have been. Uh, the look at how Britain, look at how England, uh, not England, look at look at how Britain uh, uh, dealt with um, uh, Dunblane, the Dunblane massacre, obviously in in, in Scotland, awful awful situation. They, mm. they just they changed their gun laws and never went back, and it's yeah, yeah. Them relatively well. It reminds me of um, the drink driving laws in Japan. Obviously, well, actually not obviously, a lot of people don't know, but in Japan you can't go anywhere near alcohol and then drive a car. It's not like the UK where you can have a, a nice cheeky bottle of wine and then go and drive a car. I mean, we obviously there's limits, but we can get away with quite a lot, right? In no, the, in the you, UK can, you can have a pint, I think. You can have a pint. But even then you can be over the limit with that because it depends on how big you are, how how fast uh, booze metabolises. There's never any reason to be, to be going near it. It would probably... It, I, think, I think possibly with... Um, you know, you can fail tests without actually having touched alcohol. There, there can be mm. situations, um, you know, even just if you're a big fan of swelling um alcohol uh, gel around your mouth like i am um <laughs> you can you can fail that fail a field sobriety test i believe they called if i remember rightly from the police quest uh, set of sierra video games mm. from the 90s the aforementioned games um but i think with uh I, I, I think i think you need a little bit of like leeway uh because because you can you know alcohol's in mouthwash alcohol's in everything really um so you've got to be you've got to have a little bit of leeway but i i never understand why you're allowed as much of a pint or a glass of wine in uh, in britain same with the u.s i thought the because you know like with the u.s when you watch mm. any sort of tv show or film on your netflix or your amazon primes or whatever everyone fucking drinks drives all the time like they just get pissed and then they get in their cars and it's and it's just <laughs> duis just aren't treated uh there's not so much social stigma with uh, duis in america mm. it's uh it's very very bizarre well in japan there's a zero 
sort of tolerance policy and yeah. you can't so much sniff alcohol and then get in a car. Yeah. And the reason is there was a, an incident, I believe it was in um, uh, Kitakushu, mm. like South Japan near sort of Fukuoka. A few years ago, a drunk driver knocked an entire car with a, a family in it Christ. off a bridge uh, yeah. and they all tragically died. It was a massive sort of news story. And after that, the government was like, right, no more drinking, no more driving, mm. ban it entirely. Mm. Uh, and it sort of changed Japan forever because in the countryside uh, they have all sorts of services to get around that where there's not trains and whatnot like in the city that's not the end of the world yeah if you can't drink drive you just get a taxi get a train mm. get the Yamanote line but in the countryside uh, they had to create a whole new service where like you get this thing called Daikor you know what Daikor is right I don't know if you've ever experienced it we did it when you were in uh, Sakata when we hung out together in Yamagata but Daikor is like where someone will come and drive your car home for you with you in it, right? And basically two cars arrive. Say we go to like an Izakaya and we drive in my car and we go to the Izakaya and you and I have a few too many drinks, as always, a bottle of wine, some cheeky sake. We ring up the Daikor, two cars come to the Izakaya. Uh, sorry, no, one car comes to the Izakaya. Mm. Uh, the driver and the, the driver of the car who's doing the Daikor and the driver who's going to drive your car yes. and they come in take your keys they'll collect your car from a nearby car park or wherever mm. prepare it and have it ready for you out the front of the Izakaya we walk out we get in the car your own car and then the guy will drive you home and nice. um, the Daikor car will come behind you and it's actually cheaper than getting a taxi in a lot of cases because Ooh. I think there's some sort of law where uh, you don't need a taxi. They don't need a taxi driver's license or something because right, they're driving okay, yeah. your car. Yeah, it's a really weird sort of loophole. Mm. But it means that you could go out and drink. And certainly in the countryside where I used to live, where there weren't that many taxis, it was a lifesaver. It meant you could go to those sort of occasions and those nights out that you wouldn't normally be able to do. Yeah. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't ever see it taking off in the UK though. <laughs> we I had could Scooter see it going man. horribly we had, wrong. We had the Scooter Man where he'd uh, where he'd turn up. Where did he turn up? He'd uh, Scooter Oh yeah, he'd turn, yeah. He'd turn. It was his London-based thing. He'd have a little electric or petrol scooter, um, and he'd turn up uh, on it, and then he'd put his scooter in your back of your car. And then he'd drive oh you God. home, and then get out with his scooter and scoot off again. <laughs> nice, that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's a really, that's basically Dicor, but better. Yeah. Because it's like yeah, it died you cut out the second car. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, Never did. mind. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back with the fax machine, guys, and your stories, comments, and questions in just a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's more to Irish history than St. Patrick. And Shane Todd and Hazel Hayes are here to tell you all about it on We're Not Fucking Historians, the Irish history podcast with a few facts and plenty of crack, like the legendary Irish warrior Cúchulainn. Some sources say he killed the dog by driving a hurling stone down its throat. Now, he's six. Hazel, <laughs> did someone say the naughty step? Jesus, someone, someone went to bed without supper, didn't they? <laughs> someone called Super Nanny because he's at it again. Or Ned Kelly, Australia's infamous Irish-born bushranger. Punishment was imprisonment with or without hard labour. I'd, I'd prefer without. If possible. Yeah. Like, if it's going. Do you, have, do you have any without hard labour? Yeah. Can I have the without labour substitute, please? Can, can, I I, get, can I get the hard labour on the side? Can I get almond um, <laughs> instead of hard labour, please? Search We're Not Historians. That's We're Not Historians in your favourite podcast app for weekly episodes every Tuesday. Let's see what these people have said about it. Amazing. The Times. <laughs> Whoa. New York Times. A lot of times. <laughs> Great, Hazel herself. We're not fucking historians. Is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? We got a message from Wing Hin, writing from uh, Tunbridge Wells in the UK. Hi, Chris and Pete. Wacky weekend. I covered the subject of an abandoned villages and towns that are dotted around Japan. I've been wondering, though, uh, what is stopping anyone from just turning up to one of these villages to reconstruct and moving in? Are the buildings still owned by the previous owners? Is there a process that people could go through to move into these areas and rebuild a home or village? Um, what's stopping the both of you moving to an abandoned village and building in a bronze Japan theme park? I'm going to say cult outpost, but uh, they've gone with Japan theme park. Or in a bronze Japan world where you can ride Chris's head as spinning teacups and see Pete's face on the horses on a merry-go-round. Wing Hin, uh, probably one of my favourite emails uh, of the year. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pete Donaldson horses. Yes, please. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's image of the month, visual yeah. image of the month. Very enjoyable. Uh, it's a good question, actually. Yeah. We, I mean, last year we covered uh, a mining town, an abandoned theme park, an abandoned island. Uh, the Banner Love Hotel. We did everything. And the reason is, in most cases, you you can't just go up and take over, as it were, mm. because they are owned by people. Mm. Uh, now, a often, the, well. a lot of, in a lot of cases, the owners are, are passed away mm. or they just don't care at all. It's a weird system. I'm not... Often, it's just more hassle to bulldoze the site. It's quite expensive, of course, to knock things down mm. than just sort of leave it 
and let it rot and die off in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, but they are sort of still owned by people. Yeah, um, and, and, and don't which, a lot of the houses, abandoned houses, have a lot of debt associated with them. So um, if you, when people buy new houses, you've got to buy off that debt effectively as well. I don't know about that. That might be true. That might be. I mean, I, I don't know if that is true, actually. I need mm. to look into that. But uh, I think it's more just the associated stress and cost with getting rid of a site mm. uh, as opposed to just leaving it and letting it go. But no, in a lot of cases, they do have owners, unfortunately. So uh, the Broad Japan theme park in the Banner Village is going to have to wait uh, until we raise the funds on a Kickstarter to make that happen. We've got one here from Asga. He says, Dear Chris and Pete, Asga is my name. It's pronounced a little bit like Oscar, but with different vowels from Denmark. Mm. Uh, a few years back, is that vowels or vowels? Uh, let's, Don't have know. let's have a look. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Awkward pause. Let's carry on. Yeah, vowels. A few weeks back, when I visited Japan with my family, we were walking around downtown Osaka in the evening when we came across a performance of some sort. On one side of the small river was a group of young girls performing songs, dressed in outfits reminiscent of Britney Spears in the Hit Me Baby One More Time video, only shorter skirts and more colourful. The rather disturbing part, however, was on the other side of the river. A group of men in the mid to late 20s were cheering like crazy. I've never seen anything like this before. It had a slightly uh, pedo feel to it. Bloody hell. Is this a normal part of Japanese culture? Regards, uh, Oscar. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it, Oscar. I know what you mean. I don't really get idol culture. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a thing in Japan. It's it's like the, the one thing I don't understand and really mm. struggle to comprehend. Um, idol culture, you know, you get these young girls in provocative clothes you get guys who are sort of i mean i wouldn't say mid to late 20s usually it's a lot older uh, i find it's often 40s and up dancing and cheering um and waving them on bit weird it is odd and i can't defend it and i don't think there's much good in it all i don't like idol culture i think it, it i think it puts a lot of stress on the idols and a lot of them maybe they they get into it because they think it's going to be fun but then it has a sort of darker side to it and there's a lot of stress like i you know i I talked about it a while back but an idol girl that i worked with in a video once uh took her own life because she she uh she um had a i think just had a tough time for being an idol Hmm. so and and committed suicide and she must have been i think 15 16 or something uh but no i don't I, i it's a part of the culture that i really don't like and i have no I just, I just hate everything about it. You know, it's so I get weird. It's so maybe weird if you want to perform and do it from yeah. performance side, maybe. But I don't know. What do you think, Pete? What are your thoughts on it all? Idol culture. I think with uh, I, I, the, the weird thing for me is that when you are walking down the street, you would expect to sort of see like buskers and stuff, like in in the UK and America and stuff. Buskers are always mm. a guy or a gal with a guitar, maybe some drums, maybe some musical accompaniment. But in in Japan, like. You can have full-blown kind of pop productions. Just, you know, lasses and lads sort of dancing in unison, uh, perfectly uh, choreographed steps and stuff. It's it's very weird. This is like It's kind of like indie idols, effectively, on the street busking for cash and, and acknowledgement. It's very, very odd. I like it, though. Weird. I mean, that's, that's kind of... I wouldn't really class that as idol culture. That's just, like, street performers. Mm. And that's kind of nice. You know, you'll get someone who's got like a small online following they'll go in front of a station like Shinjuku mm. or Sendai and have a sing song and their f- sort of small group of fans will gather around and take photos that's nice I wouldn't brand that as like idol culture but mm. like uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a nice aspect mm. 
I miss I miss street buskers though. You don't see as many or you don't hear as many as no. you do in the UK. I love like getting on the underground and having like a guy bash out a guitar. We got one here from <laughs> Judah who says, Hey there, Chris and Pete, my name's Judah and I'm a college student in the UK. Recently, Chris, you met up with one of my favourite actors of all time, Ken Watanabe. When you met Ken, did you feel his persona and his attitude was different to what you expected? Did anything about him surprise you that uh, perhaps you didn't expect? A big well done, Chris, and I uh, hope to meet you someday, Judah. I mean, we kind of covered that at the start, didn't we? I, he, mm. he was pretty much what I expected him to be like. Kind yeah. of serious. He did have a sense of humour there, for sure. But uh, it was kind of serious. It was my first time meeting him, you know. Mm. If, you, if I'd met him a few times, I think it would have gone a little bit differently. He didn't know anything about me, really, other than what his manager had told him. I don't think he knew anything about a project in Japan. But I'm just grateful he gave me the time and... Um, you know, was really kind of respectful and nice. And uh, I kind of hope we do get to meet again and do another video uh, just so I could dig a little bit deeper and have a bit more fun chatting to him and ask him the all-important questions like, what's your favourite colour? Do you like a sandwich? What's your favourite type of burger? Do you like food, Ken? All these very bog-standard questions that we all need to know the answers to. Um, <laughs> what, do what do you think, Pete? Thoughts? <laughs> I think... I, I, was it I, what you expected? Um, as I said, I think he's, uh, I think he's classic kind of like Hollywood kind of doesn't give too much away, but wonderfully charismatic. And uh, I thought he did a lovely job as discussed at the start of the podcast, uh, Christopher. Absolutely. Go and check it out though, guys. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a Braun Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days. Do it all over again. Right back here on the Braun Japan podcast. I'm off now to get a back massage from my imaginary friend. I need to get like a self-massage machine because this <laughs> back, this bloody back's intolerable. If only you were here, Pete. Yeah. Solve this good problem. Old massage. <laughs> yeah, if only. See you later, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>